Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. Always jacked up when the person I'm interviewing is somebody that I know and even better that I like them. So we have Oi. the one and <laughs> we have the one and only <laughs> Daniel Mangena in the house. Uh, Daniel is an abundance activator. He's a speaker, he's an author, he's a writer, he's also a fellow podcaster and he's a coach and most of all he is a lover of the pot noodle. So because welcome, it is the slag Daniel. of all snacks. It's the slag of all snacks. <laughs> I, I think we should set a new rule. People can't listen to this podcast unless they've tried. No, hang on. No, I'm not going to do that. Everybody listen to the podcast, but also try pot noodles because they're amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you could sauce. have actually said anything, though, because they would at that <laughs> point be listening to you. <laughs> you know, I always <laughs> wondered, Dan. I always wondered, yeah. you, you know, when I, when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. we had, we were watching something on Sky, mm-hmm. and then they had an advert for mm-hmm. getting Sky. I'm thinking, how do people see the advert unless they have it? And if they have it, then why do they need it? I think Kevin Harrington would have known the answer to this. <laughs> but my thoughts on it are, they didn't sell the advertising space, so they just had to fill it in with something. and They didn't want to give away free advert space. Yes. Well, the only other thing is if they thought that society spent most of their time in other people's homes, they may lure them in. Oh, it's like, this is an amazing show. You're here. Get it at home as well. Exactly. Maybe. But I always thought it was quite funny because I was like, "Um, that doesn't seem very (laughs) counterproductive. But anyway. Yeah. Let's yeah. jump in. We've already sold Sky and uh, Pot Noodles. Pot Noodles. Or, yep. or to our commission check. Yeah, uh, is it going to go to your your affiliate link or mine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want to ask you, Daniel, you know, what is an abundance um, activator? What is that? Okay, well, so the way that this kind of phrase came out, I was looking for the right phrase for what I do because I don't, help people generate abundance because abundance isn't something that's generated god created all of us infinitely abundant it wasn't reminding people it was just kind of reconnecting people to an idea of something that's already there so reconnecting didn't quite work because that suggests that there's a disconnect but there isn't it's just waking up to it so it's just kind of like the switch was already on but you got the blinkers on at the same time and that's what it's really about we are infinitely abundant by nature that's how we've been created but we lose sight of that and my work is reminding people that the natural state is abundance it's not something we have to hustle for it's not something that we have to chase it's not something we have to run down or to cheat people out of it's there all the time just waiting for us to be awakened to it yeah so it's like an unveiling right yeah, except the veil isn't even real either. This, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about this whole discussion. The veil isn't real. Even any veils that do exist are self-imposed. The abundance is just there. It's who we are. It's what mm. we are. 
A bit like the sun then, you know, because sometimes, yeah. especially in England, There's it's clouded some, over. Sometimes it's cloudy, yeah. So that's it. You're like the sun revealer. The sun revealer. Beautiful. Okay, well, at least we know. Like, cause sometimes I, I come across these words and I'm thinking, yeah, they're kind of really good marketing. wonder mm. what that really means to the person that created it. Yeah, yeah. And much to your point about the, the clouds... The fact of the matter is, is although abundance is always there, we live in a reality that's driven by polarities. Mm. So you're not always going to feel it. It's like nobody's happy all the time. No one's sad all the time. One of the things I love about you is the authenticity you have about the ups and downs of life, the conversations that we have with very real people. That's what it's like too. But the abundance is always there. The sun's always there. So it's not even I'm here to move all the clouds. That's not reality. It's reminding us that even if there are clouds, the abundance is still there and we can operate on that basis rather than from fear and anxiety that the sun is not there. Mm. Yeah, it's the knowing rather than that yes. kind of turmoil of, are yes. you with me or are you against me? Yes, you know? yeah. exactly. Love that. Exactly. Mm. Why do you believe, um, or what do you believe is your greatest gift to this world? Because, you, you know, we talked about, you know, you're a speaker, an author, a writer, you're a fellow podcaster, mm-hmm. you're a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you believe is, is your greatest gift to the world? I don't know if it's my greatest gift, because I think that's really going to be dependent on the person receiving, because I could think that my discussions on the beauties of pot noodle could be a great gift, but everybody's going to appreciate that. So I think everyone's going to have their own unique lens through which they, they receive. But I think a common thread that goes around everything I do is the capacity to take something complicated and show people how easy it can be. Whether it's a complex idea around quantum mechanics, whether it's looking at the mysteries of the universe, or whether it's just looking at this idea of abundance being our natural state, I feel that one thing that I'm I'm blessed to be able to do is to take those complex ideas and make them digestible. Love that. Mm. I, look, it's, I always find it fascinating that the people that are doing really well are those that are so self-aware. They actually know what their their sweet spot is or their secret source. You know, they kind mm-hmm. of know what it looks like, and and it's kind mm-hmm. of liberating, isn't it, to know kind mm-hmm. of what your what your secret source is. I think it's very difficult to operate when you don't know what the secret source is, or you're operating on a false notion of what your your secret source is. Yeah. That's why I feel now because you've had a lot of accolades and you've been in the press, you've you've uh, been, you know, spotted doing a number of things in 2021. You were listed as one of the top uh, 10 life coaches to watch out for. I wanted to ask you, what's the proudest uh, moment you've had in your professional career? Ooh, professional career. Hmm, that's a good one. I've never stopped to think about that. Thank you. Hmm. I'll tell you what is a proud moment that happened. It was actually reflected back again recently. As you mentioned, I do a lot of TV and there's a particular TV show that I went on. It was one of the first TV shows that gave me a chance to come and do some TV. And um, they actually have a rule that they don't allow anyone to come back within six months, but they asked me back a couple of months later and within six months of my first one, they actually had me back for the third time just this past week. So that was really... That, was that really is. Fun. Did they tell you why? Did you ask them why? No, I didn't ask. And like, no, because that would be we, a good we, question to ask, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, if I you've mean, got a rule... Host, I mean, the, the TV host, like, 
she even like we follow each other on Instagram and like she even was like quoting something I posted the other day when I was recording it's like oh it's like a real human and there was there was another one actually um I did live tv um I did Pix11 New York live um which was that was a bit daunting doing live tv it's like okay this can't be edited you've got to get it right and then the host one of the hosts was like oh like I wasn't expecting this he was like seemed genuinely shocked by the interview and he goes, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up your book. And I thought, oh, and then I was like, oh, he's a TV host. He's just talking about it. And then the other host followed me on Instagram and sent me a message and said, oh, thank you so much for that. We'd love to stay connected. It's like, oh, they were like telling the truth. Okay, cool. That's all right. That's, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I think those unexpected experiences um, that kind of, I mean, everybody gets imposter syndrome and anyone who says that they don't is full of it. You know it, I know it. We all have not so much a need, but we're all nourished by something from outside. And this isn't about being dependent on external validation, but we all do get something. It could depend on where it comes from, but there is always something that can just let us know, oh, hang on, we're on the right track. Those little nudges that God sends to say, oh, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing. And I said, those are a couple of examples that did actually fill me with some pride and some confidence that, you know, maybe we're doing something all right here. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that the things that you'd identify and I probably would as well is the reason why it stands out as like your proudest like moment professionally in, in your career is probably based on how it made you feel. 100%. Mm. And, and really, fundamentally, I think that that's what a lot of us in life uh, are going after. We're going after a feeling. 100%. Mark, you have literally hit the nail on the head that underpins a big chunk of the work that I do, the work that I inspire people to look at. It's not chasing things, but remembering that anything that we'd be quote unquote chasing after, it's the feeling that we're after. And when we can identify the feeling, we can actually find that we can get to the feeling with less hustle, right? Less burnout, more authenticity, more love and self-care because it is the feeling at the, at the end of the day. Even the person who wants a Ferrari, you don't want the Ferrari for the Ferrari's sake, it might be the feeling that you get because you enjoy the car. It might be the feeling of being validated by people saying that you've got it. It could be the feeling of proving people wrong that said you couldn't do it, but there is a feeling behind that. And when mm. you understand that it's about feelings, you can identify the feeling, you can start to filter out, hang on, is that even a feeling that I wanna feel? Do I wanna spend my life chasing after something just so I can prove people wrong that probably don't care anyway, mm. right? Absolutely. What of those feelings actually fills me up and nourish me? What actually is going to be the best way to express my gratitude to God for what I get to do every day? What's going to add more life to others and make me feel good at the same time? There's a real power to knowing that, I think. Yeah, there was something that I kind of came across and learned about you not so long ago, maybe six months ago. And it kind of surprised me in some ways because I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. really have been able to identify it myself. So mm -hmm. I know that you were diagnosed with Asperger's, you know, very late in your, in your mm -hmm. life. And do mm -hmm. you feel like that helped you or hindered you? And, and what would you, your message be to those that may have a similar situation? So I had actually suffered from general anxiety, social anxiety, crippling insomnia for most of my life. Um, and the diagnosis actually let me understand why that was the case. It's because um, for those that aren't aware of what Asperger's is, it's on the autistic spectrum. A key difference, and I'm not a quote-unquote expert, I'm just somebody that lives on the spectrum, between someone that's out-and-out -out autistic and has Asperger's is that with Asperger's, we've got enough wiring to communicate with the outside world, but it's still exactly the same wiring as somebody that's autistic. 
And so there are literally pieces of wiring that I don't have. So me having this conversation, it's a very, very conscious thing. So I'm like, I need to remember to pause. I need to remember to breathe. I need to remember that I'm not the only one talking here. And even though I have this objective that I have to get to, there's a dialogue going on here. Um, so social stuff is very, very tiring. And I was running around in a world not knowing that I had these challenges. Um, being in spaces with too many people, especially when it's not planned, gives me crippling panic attacks. Uh, I remember once um, I'd gone with, I was with an ex and she wanted to go to, we were, we'd gone to get a bite to eat in Shepherd's Bush in London. And she's like, oh, let's go to Westfield. I couldn't do it because I hadn't prepped myself. Like the panic attacks were crippling. I just couldn't go. Um, so little things like that are, are really, it's like people are like, what do you mean? Like put me on stage in front of 50,000 people. I'll be absolutely fine. Um, Cause I, I'd know what to do. Tell me that something that was supposed to show up isn't going to be there on time and I can have a panic attack. It's really weird. But the diagnosis, again, knowing yourself, gave me the capacity to, number one, get the right support. Number two, understand what my strengths are, understanding what my shortfalls are. So I know these things about myself. Um, dealing with people, like I don't, I'm a sociable person because I understand the dynamics of social because I studied them. But in terms of having close-knit relationships, I keep those to a minimum because they are very, very draining in some instances if you're not careful. And so I stick with relationships that nourish me. Every time I have a conversation with you, I feel lighter. I feel more full up. Anyone that drains, nah, don't do it because I know that's like double trouble for me. And so the Asperger's diagnosis literally saved me. It really, mm. really did. Um, and it gave me a lot of insights into who I am and what my strengths are and, and where I can get more support. Um, that it came later in life is is interesting because after after I got the diagnosis, everyone was like, oh, hang on a minute, just uh, just sorry to ask this, but are you on the spectrum? Where were you when I was 10 years old? <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah, I was 27 when I got the diagnosis and it was a gift to get it for me. Yeah, I guess I would, I would kind of like to challenge you in the fact that I don't overly see that that part of you coming through. And I think that the the world of like mental health and, and all that stuff around autism could really benefit from an advocate like you in in what you create. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I I definitely so this year we've got a lot of really cool projects on. We're we're finishing up writing and doing some recording for my first documentary. And then we've got one with Netflix later this year. Um, but philanthropy is a big part of who I am and what I really care about. For me, legacy is what this is all about, uh, legacy and freedom. Um, yeah, the kids definitely, but also the wider scoping legacy. And so certainly 2023, a key component for the plans for that are to take the platforms, take the, the, the reach that's building at the moment and to use it to start shining lights on issues and being an advocate for things like adults living with autism and so on. Beautiful. I love that. One mm. of the one of the things I wanted to really pick, uh, like have a little pick at with you, if you don't mind, because I'm always fascinated. <laughs> me and you know know each other really well, so you know when I ask you a question, I'm really not trying to cause trouble or anything. But I do, <laughs> I do like to. I think, I think you are trying to cause trouble. Nah, but there I'm we go. Not. You're doing it from a place of love. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But I do think that because we have collateral, because we we have a friendship beneath our professional um, <laughs> connection 
um, it gives me a chance to be a little more <laughs> on the edge than what I would, would with others. But one yeah. of your signature talks, right, is called the <laughs> pointlessness of purpose, <laughs> right? Now, now tell me about that controversial thought. Okay, I love controversial statements because they give the opportunity to actually stop people. We've got so much data coming at us, right? So when we can disrupt that with a controversial statement that inv- inspires us to stop and, and think about it, I love it. So it's done its job. Um, pointless, pointlessness comes from the fact that purpose in and of itself is pointless. You know your purpose, so what? What does it matter if you don't do something about it? What does it matter if you don't feel it in your heart? What does it matter if you don't actually, you know, take that and actually go and do something more than just write it down and pop it on your vision board? Purpose in and of itself is pointless. It requires you ready to take action. It requires you to act on that readiness. It requires you to do something with it. Far too many people get caught up on this idea of purpose. I've seen people basically in complete and utter stuck states because they're chasing purpose. Okay. So what? So the approach that I actually take to purpose is that we, we, we open up every day to God giving us what our purpose might be for that day. It, not everybody has got the purpose to heal cancer. Some of you, it could be the purpose could be to show up every day and help children across the street as a lollipop man. And that could be your purpose. Um, our common friend, Trisha Brooks, told a story once about during the pandemic, uh, the woman that worked the counter in the grocery store downstairs from where she lived, um, because there were restrictions on with COVID, you could only go at certain times of the day. And so Trisha would take the early morning uh, to go and get stuff for her and her family to eat. And every morning, like four or five o'clock in the morning, some stupid, you know, <laughs> wretched hour, this woman always had her makeup done on. She had a smile on her face and she was delivering smiles and bringing light to people's lives. Some people would overlook that, but that could be a beautiful and all-encompassing purpose. The suicide rates during COVID, for example, have been ridiculous. Maybe her smile and just showing up on the checkout, running food across the checkout could be a purpose bigger than someone who's running an entire country. We don't know, but we get so caught up on this idea of the word purpose and, oh, I've got to find my purpose and my soul's journey. Instead of just stopping and asking, how can I be a light in the world right now? How can I be a light in the world today? How can I touch and be a contribution right now? That for me is more important than the word purpose and what we get caught up with. So it's a bit like... um you know, knowledge, because people say, Mm -hmm. you know, knowledge is king, but actually it's applied knowledge that really is king. Because, you know, we live in an information overload. And I always talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, really the world needs revelation, not more knowledge. Really, revelation Mm -hmm. is applying that knowledge and see it manifest in reality. So is that what you're really saying? 100%. Because, again, you can have all the knowledge in the world, right? I can know how to, let's say, for example, we're doing one of those survival shows. I can know exactly how to like start a fire. Or that. But me knowing it and sitting on down in lotus position, knowing it is not as powerful as someone who doesn't know it, but goes and gives it a try and keeps going and gets it done. Mm. Okay, I love that. I, I like mm-hmm. that. We're really getting people think today, which is great. I'm sure people have to listen to this two or three <laughs> times. <laughs> Now, you've already touched on a little bit about, you know, your hunger for legacy, but what, mm-hmm. why do you care? Why do you care, Daniel, so much about awakening people? Why? I didn't until it, 
like I had very much a Jonah and the whale experience Were you around the whale? helping other people. Uh, no, uh, I was the whale. <laughs> I was I was sitting in the whale puke. So <laughs> <laughs> so what actually happened was I had no intention of being helpful to people. I actually lost my first millions um, because I was trying to help people. Um, and then when I managed to build my life up after losing everything the second time, I kind of like, I was cozy. I had a nice little house in, in Highgate in London. For those of you who know London, Highgate's a decent place to live. My office was in Mayfair. I had a tailor. I had about five nice fancy watches. I'd fly first class to go and hang out with my mates in New York or Dubai and here and there. I was dating. I wasn't really getting locked down with a relationship. I was you know, living my best life, you know, you know, just live my best life. Um, and I just kept getting this nudge through different synchronicities and different people. It's like, oh, thank you for helping with that. Because you know as well as I do, when you've been given a gift to share with people, it comes out even if you're not trying to. Like people will reach out and ask for your insights and stuff. And people have always, always done that. And so the work that I do now, which arose from my own experiences, it's all lived experiences that led to it. I was sharing with people, not on a wide basis, but that friends, family, loved ones would come in oh, you should really be a coach. You should really be helping people. It's like, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm enjoying making loads of money and enjoying my best life. I don't really want to. But it kept getting louder and louder and louder. And so I made a promise to go. I said, all right, here's what we'll do. I'll do a podcast. I'll do a bit of speaking. I'll finish that book that's been on my heart. But I really like living a good life. It really feels <laughs> good to me. I, don't wanna, I like, I enjoy my life. And um and I thought that that would be enough. And then what happened was it got louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. And I said, okay, okay, okay. But I just want to kind of like get a little nest egg together. And so I started working really hard on some contracts in my old consulting business. I got an awesome contract with this oil company out of Hong Kong. It was worth about 5 billion. And some other contracts, like this great contract for a, a German firm that needed me to do a fundraising for them. That was like another million and a half. And like I had my normal contract as well. So I was like, all right, cool. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to close out all these contracts and then, you know, I'll stop doing this stuff and I'll go full time with this helping people stuff, this helping people malarkey. Went off to a meditation retreat. Um, and during the course of me being on this meditation retreat, Mark, every single one of those deals fell on their face. <laughs> the Hong Kong company I was working for, they had a member of government on their firm and they lost their foreign exchange license. So they couldn't receive the loan that I got for them. The German company, something went wrong with that. Everything went, just started going horribly wrong. So I'd switched off. I'm off meditating for four days. It's like, oh yeah, great here. Bro. I come out of the meditation tree, open up my email and it's just blood in the water. Everything's gone to pants. I'm like, what the dickens? I wasn't like off on a bender. <laughs> like I was off being spiritual and high vibe for four days. So I said, oh crap. Then it turned out my partners were trying to nick my company, which they successfully did. And so I was like, I've gone from having like millions lined up that I was going to use to kind of make this break and come and do this stuff to basically being like, wow, like I'm down to just like a couple hundred grand. I don't know what's going to happen here with like no prospective business because my business has been stolen. So I took a deep breath and that's when it hit me. I heard the voice, you know, I'm talking about the still small voice. It's like, you're going to trust me now and see that you're going to be okay. And that's when I realized that what was actually happening was I was trying to answer the call with conditions. Mm. I was trying to say, I'll do it, but on my terms, I'll do it, but I don't trust that I'm going to be looked after. I'm going to have to make sure that it's, that it's done. And so this stripping away 
was just a reminder that I don't need to work out all the details. Everything's going to be just fine. Fast forward, I did take the leap, left everything, shut down the business, which I've actually reopened since then. It's now part of my, my income, but I make as much money now as I did when I was doing the consulting, but I'm more fulfilled, mm. right? I live in Carbo and not in Highgate. Highgate's nice, Carbo's better, right? I still get to fly the same way. I still have a tailor. Uh, I've got a beautiful family and everything's more full, but it did require me trusting and letting go. And, and the journey to that, I feel like every day I'm excited to get up and share. And if there's anything I don't feel like doing, then I don't, I don't do. But this wasn't something that I set out to do. I didn't want to go out and be some kind of guru. I literally just like having freedom to do what I want to do on a daily basis. And this just happens to be what I love to do on a daily basis. Mm, love that. It's a beautiful, beautiful answer. And again, each time we speak, like I always find like another level, another understanding, another piece to kind of how you've ended up where you are and what shaped you into the man that you are today. So I always find it really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. What is the essence of your micro to millions program? You know, because this is something that, you know, you've put a lot of heart and soul in. And it seems like similar to myself, when we go through learnings and life experience, that tends to be the very essence of what we take to serve other people. So Mm -hmm. what is the essence of your micro to millions? and, And is it all about money? Here's the thing. When I first started coming into this world of sharing, you know, sharing the message of people, the message was you can be conscious in creating what you want. There can be an experience where what really is on your heart to create, you can. And so I worked with a lot of people who were going through a point of transition, whether it's a midlife crisis, uh, career shift, retirement, going from education into the workplace, divorce, and help them rebuild the life for themselves, including how to create the abundance around it because that's a part of it having the abundance to live it and but it was really interesting that people would be challenged by the idea and I'll never forget one of the conversations that really kind of threw me off there was a woman who um came to me she came to me reached out to me I'm not one of those people that's going to come into DMs and say hey do you want to buy my stuff I'm not that guy um I'm out there I share my my stuff and if people you know come and connect cool like we see if that's you know going to be aligned but she was like calling and setting up calls and we're talking and I could see the path for her she was not in a happy situation there were a lot of things that she wanted to change and we sat down and we worked out what that plan would be and then she said I can't do it I can't do it it's too much I can't do it I'm scared I was like wow she knew exactly where the path was for the change she she committed to it she came to me but she didn't want to pull the trigger and I sat with that a lot of people started getting to a point where the, the, the stumbling block to them living the life that they wanted was the finances weren't there for them to do it. And so I ended up kind of doing more with people around accessing their natural state of abundance, activating that within them so that they could have the means to live the life that they wanted to live. And then micro millions emerged from that as being a common thread that people, there was so much little, so much little resistance. When I say, okay, you know, I'm going to help you create financial freedom. Oh yeah, sign me up. And they do everything that I tell them to do, even though the way that they're going to do it is to learn exactly what I wanted to teach them to do the other way, which is remembering that you're the conscious creator and what you're choosing is going to lead to what you experience. 
So it ended up being a backdoor way for me to empower people to really be conscious creators of their life. Um, yes, money is the easiest medium of exchange when it comes to exercising choice. Um, I do have a particular model that we take people from zero to 1.6 million and beyond. We've got a lot of people that have done that. A lot of people that have just gone to six figures because that's what they want to do. A lot of people that just create the freedom in their business. A lot of people that just create financial freedom in their life. Our quickest record is 60 days from being employed in a job that you don't want to being financially free, moving to a different part of the country and doing living life on your own terms. She actually makes about 20 grand a month now completely passively. She's, she's living her best life. She's been doing that for the past three years. But money is just a tool. It's not all about money. But the really cool thing about money as well is it's measurable. So Mark, you know, you ask anyone in my program if it's successful, you don't have to ask them how they feel or take some kind of emotional quotient. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> it's like, did you hit the financial goal? See, I did. Well, no, I didn't. So it's, it's measurable. You can track and see that what I'm saying is real because I've got real people that have got real things that you can look at a real bank account to see that they've done it. But what you'll notice that every single one of them, the money's just been a part of the puzzle. We've got people that have healed their body. We've got people that have got new relationships. We've got people that love themselves. We've got people that are doing things that they want. We've got people that are out there living what they're called to do. Money was just the medium that we used to, to access that. Love that. Mm. In 2020, 21, as I said, you were listed as one of the top 10 life coaches to watch out for. Yes. Should people still watch out for you in 2022? And um, what are you up to? <laughs> um, this year, we've got some really interesting projects. Like I said, we're working on our first documentary right now. Uh, we're interviewing some neuroscientists and stuff like that and putting together a, a documentary just to kind of talk about the real side of this whole thing of consciously creating your reality away from the fluffy woo woo stuff, real tangible stuff that gets results. Um, I'm finishing up my doctorate uh, proposal at the moment. So I'm looking to do a PhD with Mid Middlesex University and working with my, my professor on that. So that's a really interesting thing doing this year. And then I've got a four part series that we're working on um, to do with Netflix later this year. Those are the main like core projects working on the next book, but that'll be for release next year. Uh, got some cool trips I'm doing. I'm going to Necker Island to meet Richard Branson and some other cool folks in April, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited to talk to him about entrepreneurial philanthropy, what he's doing with that, and if there's anything we can do with Virgin Unite. But yeah, those are my main projects for this year. Um, looking forward to taking these messages that we've spent the last few years getting a lot of evidence for the truth of and sharing them with more people and seeing what that does. Love it. I always like mm. to give people something to really chew on. Uh, when they mm -hmm. listen to these podcasts, because I think, you know, it's one thing to kind of have your ears tickled and, and to have a few ideas, but really good to have, <laughs> you know, some practical tangibles. I mean, I get mm -hmm. more compliments about my voice than anything else, you know, so I know, <laughs> I, know I know that it tickles. It's a very yummy ears. voice. It's a very, it's yummy, a very voice. yummy voice. A, okay. Yeah. It doesn't just tickle. It licks the ears. It's, it's quite a voice. Oh, yeah. I hope they're clean. I do. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, I would love to ask you and then I, I would love you to share anything that else is burning and, and let people know how they can interact with you. But, you know, what are, what are three things that you feel that we can do to to live our best life? I mean, you have been around the block, you educate people all the time, you're wanting to awaken people. But can you give us like three things that you feel that if we can if if we can do these three things, it's going to lead us and, and instigate and help us live, you know, our best life. The three things that move the needle that people can 
pretty much go and do right now, for example. Mm, yeah. Okay, one thing is don't take life so seriously. None of us are getting out of it alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, very true. If you think of how much energy goes into, oh, life and oh, this is good. Like, none of us are getting out of this alive. And none of us know the time that that's going to, like, we don't know when our ticket's going to get punched. So just remembering that and that life is here to be lived, I think is a really, really big one. That's number one, I would say. Like it. Number two, life doesn't really matter so much unless it's on your terms. So start thinking about what is it that you want? You'll be surprised how many people come to me wanting to create one thing and realize that what that thing that was they wanted to create wasn't even what they wanted. It's what society told them they're supposed to do, or what their mum or their uncle or their great uncle Bob had said, right? Get clear on what it is for you. And the easiest way to do that, go back to what you gravitated to as a child before people told you who and what you had to be. When you're supposed to doing something and you procrastinate, what do you procrastinate towards? Like, what is your heart led to? And don't let anybody tell you that this, oh, okay. Within moral reason, don't let anybody tell you <laughs> anything about that. Do it on your terms, within moral <laughs> I love to rob banks. Okay, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Find another way to get your rocks off. And the third thing I would say is, and this is something that our mutual friend Greg Reader would say, seek counsel, not opinions. None of us can do this on our own. My journey that crashed so many times when I was young is because I thought I knew everything and I didn't seek counsel. I tried to do everything by myself. One of the biggest superpowers I think that I've got right now is the ability and humility to ask for help all the time and never try and do anything by myself. I don't try and do anything without seeking spiritual counsel mental counsel in terms of the mindset and the, the thinking and active counsel on the how. Mm. So seek counsel, not opinions. So that's people that actually know what they're talking about, know what they're doing. People have been where you want to go, or at least have helped other people get where you want to go successfully. Yeah. So yeah, don't take it so seriously. Um, uh, do it on your own terms and seek counsel, not opinions. Yeah. I always liked Greg seek counsel and, and not opinions. How it always landed in me is, you know, opinion is based on what somebody would do in your situation, but counsel is based on what somebody did in your situation. Amen to that. Amen to that. I love that one. That's a great, uh, yeah, great delineation. It's, yeah, because I, 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 and I love it as well. Like just the wisdom in it, Daniel. Mm. Before we uh, pull the plug, anything left burning um, within you that you kind of really just want to share and capture, and then finally, where do people find out more about you? Just gratitude really for this opportunity to, to hang out and to, to share with the listeners to the podcast. You've had some really awesome guests so to be amongst them uh, is, is, is an honor. Um, getting to meet me, really, really easy. What I've actually done is, um, so my website is dreamwithdan.com. But what we've actually done, the team and I, is we put together some cool resources that will help people that are listening. Specifically, I know most of the guys listening are entrepreneurs. Um, so if they go to dreamwithdan.com forward slash brains, it will take them to um, a cool little site that's got some great resources for them to download and read and to support them in looking at some of the foundations of what we teach uh, and supporting them in being able to apply them in their business in their life. So dreamwithdan.com is my website, but forward slash brains will take them to a, a custom site that we've made for the listeners of the show today. That's brilliant. And, I, and, and that really impresses me, you know, because one of the things that I think people uh, don't actually utilize and actually it's a program that I was thinking of creating myself is the fact that 
you know, people get so excited about doing an interview or a podcast, but they don't mm-hmm. do anything after it. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's like it could be the best, but, you know, unless, again, you're just tickling ears, it's not going to yeah. have any substance. I mm-hmm. love the fact that you have been able to create something specifically for those that listen. And then you also engage how many people have actually listened to it. So, I, you know, stuff like that, I think is really like important. And so few maximize that. Mm-mm. I mean, at the end of the day, humans, maybe someone's listening to this at the gym. They're listening to this, um, you know, on the way to work, dropping the kids to school. Yeah, they've got the opportunity to get to know me, but I want them to, to have the opportunity to apply what we've spoken about today. Mm. So, for example, I've got a video on there called How to Be a Harmonious Money Magnet, which talks about the principles that we've got around creating. I've put some of my articles from Brains on there so they can read a little bit more and see about that. Um, I've also got a really cool concept called Money DNA, which will help them to leverage their natural flow with money. And we popped a video on there for them to be able to do that and a couple of links to support them. So there's some cool stuff on there that's actually going to move the needle for them beyond mm-hmm. this conversation. Uh, and just want to encourage people to go and grab access to that. It's completely free. There's not going to be a, a pop-up for the upsell. It's literally just going to be go go grab some resources and uh, go and live that abundant life that you're worthy of. Love it. Daniel, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Big love. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.